Hi, and welcome back to Without Regret, the podcast, where you learn how to live your best life, overcome obstacles, and become successful, whatever that means to you. Learn through my example, as well as my guests, who have all had to overcome adversity and learn to keep moving forward and upward. On today's episode, we have a special guest named Frank the Tank Dennison. Frank is a personal trainer and was my personal trainer. I met him about 10 years ago. He worked at the gym that I went to, and um, I've been following him on Instagram ever since, and I noticed that he posts a lot of motivational uh, videos on Instagram, and I reached out to him to see if he'd like to be on my podcast and learned a lot about him and found out that he would also like to be a uh, motivational speaker. So I've got a great episode here for you. We talk about fitness. We talk about overcoming obstacles, you know, him working in gyms during the pandemic. It was obviously very challenging. So he talks about that. Um, it's going to be a great show. So here we go. Frank the Tank Dennison. With us. Right, perfect. So how have you been? I'm good. Um, You've had a few kids a since here. I saw you last. Just uh, one or three. Yeah. <laughs> I think one yeah. may have been on the way. Yeah, we I, Victoria was on the way. Um, shortly thereafter was Beta. So I mean, uh, I, I believe you met her mom, uh, Laura. That was one of the trainers at the gym as yep. well. Yeah. So, uh, but since then, uh, she's doing great. I just talked to her about ten minutes ago, so that's always a, a good reminder of what I'm doing and. Uh, after that, so got married and loving life. Congratulations. Thank you. I've done the opposite. I have literally done the complete opposite. I got divorced. I My kids moved out. <laughs> I'm on my own. And I couldn't be happier. Exactly. You know, I, and the kids, are, are they're old enough to understand. They know. They'd rather see you happy than anything else. Yeah, they would. They absolutely would. And I think more people need to think of that. You know, a lot of people stay in an unhealthy relationship because of the kids and that's really not teaching the kids anything uh, i mean i've been there yeah i was uh you know unfortunately the situation with you know veda's mom and we're better off as, as friends and we're great co-parents and you know it's taken you know, a little bit of time but it's well worth it yeah totally yeah. so one of those obstacles <laughs> so um i moved to colorado about four years ago and um, uh, right outside of Denver. Okay. So I'm like in between Boulder and Denver. It's so beautiful. It's amazing. I yeah. love it. I'm never leaving. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've been to Colorado Springs a couple times and I'm up there. I'm just like, let me bottle some of this air. Yes. And, and keep it with me. <laughs> I know. I know. We do get some air pollution here, but like most of the time it's so nice and just smells so clean and fresh and oh i love it the lack of humidity yep. i love it are you still in florida no so north carolina north carolina okay i, th I was thinking just, that uh, right outside of charlotte uh, so we're like 15 minutes north in huntersville it's great uh the, just like talking about the weather's good it's a, a lot slower pace than florida mm -hmm. so, which is fine you know um, but this is where my company's headquarters is based out of. So. And you're still with Orange Theory? No, I, uh, I actually left. Okay. I never thought I would after yeah, like almost six years with them, uh, with Rockbox Fitness now. 
So it's uh, boxing, kickboxing, functional training, also personal training. We have a supplement line. It's it's a uh, it's a startup. So we're about thirty four studios open right now. Nice uh, and growing. So a hundred licenses sold, thirty four open and growing. Awesome. So well, I'll save this question for later. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, like I said, I got divorced. Um, just really decided I just was not happy where I was in life, and you know, made a plan and stuck to my plan. And I graduated college moved to Colorado for a job. That job didn't work out, got another job, but I was able to stay here in Colorado. Um, and you know, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I feel like, um, you know, prior to you meeting me, you know, I was, you know, going down a bad path, whatever, just went through a lot of things in life that I've managed to overcome and, and take control of my life and like make it what I want it to be. So that's kind of the point of the podcast, you know, is that, yeah, I did a lot of stupid shit in my past, but look at me now, you know, and I don't have any regrets for that because all of those experiences made me who I am today. So exactly, that's, you know, where this podcast comes from. So I just wanted to, I mean, ultimately I'd love to be a public speaker and do like keynote speeches and, you know, high school speeches or something like that. Like that's the ultimate goal. So this is kind of my starting point for that. Yes. And I just want to motivate people. I just want people to know that they can, they can take control of their life and make it what they want. And I, and the reason I reached out to you is because I'm scrolling through Instagram one day. And of course I see it on there all the time. Your motivational, you know, Instagram posts. Um, but I was like, Oh my gosh, Frank would be perfect. You know, <laughs> Thank you. you're welcome. Well, so we can help each other. I mean, that's, that's definitely the road that I, that I want to go down in. And I think a lot of times I've actually been veered from it back and forth. And I question myself even to this day, am I doing the right thing? So there's always something, uh, even this instance right here, that, that pulls me back yes. and says, hey, you're on the right path to continue to do this. Totally. It's totally how the world works. I have yeah. imposter syndrome. I'm like, who am I to do this? Like, what, why, what makes me so special that I can, like, motivate people? But then... You're right. Like I'll have that thought. And then somebody randomly, my massage therapist, she'll she'll be like, you're such an inspiration to me. And I'm like, okay, all right. I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. It's the best reminder. It's the best timing and you never expect it. And then you're like, yeah, all right, well, time to kick my ass in gear a little bit again, though. Right. So it's almost like a re-motivation to get you going. I definitely understand. So your goal ultimately is to do public speaking as well? Yes, and I, you know, I've gotten the opportunity as I travel and, you know, work with so many trainers over the past and you get to go into these locations and you have to speak to a group, five or six trainers at a time, 10 trainers at a time. Um, Even when I trained at Orange Theory Summit, you know, I got handpicked to train in front of, it was like 150 people maxed out class. So it was me just running that class and that was the ultimate all-time rush and I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah, okay, if I can command a room of 150 people, then I want to be able to command an arena of that much people. So it's uh, it's almost like a drug when you, <laughs> you get in front of those people. It is. Uh, but once again, when you have someone's attention and they listen and, and you know, they're really tuned in to what you have to say um, because you've been there, you can share experiences, you can share best practices, and it, it's just always – the best feeling when you walk out of there and then you do a follow-up and you see that people really listen to you and took your advice. So, but ultimately, of course. Yeah. It's like, how do you get there, no. though? Like, you just have to get your name out there somehow, right? So hopefully, 
you know, this podcast will take off. Who knows? We'll see. I'm doing every damn thing I can to make sure that happens. So I need to get back on mine. <laughs> Are you working on one? <laughs> I, I, I had it for, uh, we got three, four episodes and just with the move and everything else, like here I am making an excuse for it. No, but I, I backseated it. And that's a bad thing to say. I never liked say, putting things on the back burner. There's no point of a back burner. So um, I just know it wasn't at the time a priority for where I was going. Gotcha. So I'm okay with that now. And if I work it back in, I know where it needs to be. And I'm okay with that. All right. Well, get back on it. And have me on as a guest when you do. You're <laughs> already next one. We're killing two birds with one stone. Right? Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you, you're obviously a personal trainer. Are you still considered a personal trainer now, or do you have a different job with Rockbox? So it's, uh, what I am is I'm the, the product manager. So I'm basically the key holder to our product. When it comes to what we deliver, I, I uphold the standards of it. So if your studio is not up to compliance, I handle that. But that comes with also all trainer development I'm in charge of. So if you're a new head trainer going into a studio, you're, I'm the one that's training you on that. You're training the uh, trainer. You come to our, so I'm training the trainers now. So um, everything to that, the development, also the workouts that are in Rockbox Fitness, you know, I work with the co-founder and we do those hand in hand as well. So it's a big responsibility, but I have now have my imprint on something bigger than just delivering the workouts. I now have my handprint on multiple trainers. Uh, the workouts are in every studio, you know, so and now I'm impacting thousands of members, you know, versus seeing a couple hundred at a studio. So, you know, it's, it's a big responsibility, but I love it. I absolutely love it. That is, that's awesome. That's so, so fantastic. So with, the one thing I really remember about you from when you were our trainer, me and Lori, um, besides <laughs> yeah, just being the best looking trainer we had and drooling every day when we came into the gym, um, I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, it wasn't sweat, well, that was drool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Either way, I thought you were working. So. We were. We worked hard. You worked as hard. You were a great trainer. And we had, within one year, we had like four or five different trainers there. That, and I, then, I remember. Yeah. And then, but I do remember you being very, very motivated back then. I remember they made you a master trainer. And yep. your letter that you wrote to everybody. I will never forget that letter because you were just like, I want to improve my family, you know, my, my situation. I want to have kids and get married. And, you know, you had goals at that time. So my question is, when did you know that this is what you wanted to do? I think that right after, because I knew there was always something after high school. You know, it was, um, I could have played football, I could have played Division One. And I never really truly loved the game. I was good at it, but it was not something I truly loved. And I know going to college, it, it pretty much consumed your life. I was always felt like I, I had more passion being behind that and pushing people. And people always asked me advice in the weight room and why I was doing this and why I do that. So I knew there was, I, I didn't know, I was like, hey, I'm going to be a trainer. And then that's my impact. I just kind of knew that working with people in some way is what I was good at. Uh, but training was natural to me, so I figured, hey, the next step is going to be, you know, grab the certification after school, see how it goes, and, and of course, everything just started coming into place, and I hate to say it was easy, but 
when it's meant to be, it's almost like it, if you're doing the right things and you're moving consistently towards it, okay, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, the biggest thing I, I continued then and what I live by is, just, you know, passion is great, right? It's, it's, it's great, but it's also emotional. So there's something that has to push that passion to know what you're supposed to be doing. And it's action first behind your passion and that'll push you into your purpose is what I truly believe. So I know if I continue to take action and stuff that I'm passionate about, it's going to continue to lead me towards my purpose. Very well said. So having said that, did you ever think about doing sports training, being a trainer for like a football team? Like the Jaguars? Go Jaguars. (laughs) (laughs) They could use it. (laughs) Okay, Duval. Okay. (laughs) I, uh, yes and no at the same time. I think things were taken off so well for me at such a young start. Um, I know one of the individuals I worked with, Jonathan, who was there around the same time we were. He works for a college now. And I think it was, I didn't want to be limited to any one specific style. And I was fortunate enough to work with some NFL players. So, you know, I got to kind of like explore that option without having to fully go that route. And like I said, things started rolling forward very quickly for me and in a good direction. I was happy. You know, uh, of course, when you're young and you're doing well, you know, it's a different story. <laughs> like, oh, I work four days a week. I'm making good money. I, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. And I get to do what I love, you know. So, yes, yes, I did. I, I got to experiment with it without having to deep dive into it too much by working with some individuals. Okay. Very cool. So you've been busy. You've been very busy. So have I. But, yeah. <laughs> so. I, um, I, I'm stopped. You did kind of touch on it a little bit, but how did you get from being a personal trainer, making, was it even minimum wage you guys made working at LA Fitness, to where you are today? I did, I did very well, actually, because, um, you know, I got to sell most of my deals, whereas the other trainers did not. So I also got commission for my deals, and then being at the level where I was, um, I got paid fairly well. Um, you know, even even back then, you know, 40 to 55 an hour was what I was making. So it wasn't bad at all. Um, you know, I mean, the training world, that was huge. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I mean, individuals coming in now to the training world, they're probably looking at 15 to $25 max in. Um, so it was, um, after that, I just explored. I was like, you know, what's next? And horse theory was blowing up, you yeah. know, pretty soon after. So, Right after L.A., I did transition the, back to the sports specific at a uh, smaller facility, uh, but it, it wasn't very well. It wasn't a great atmosphere to work in, and I went to a company called uh, UFIT. So UFIT was cool. Um, the same thing. I took over director role, so all over the personal training side. Uh, I was in charge of the personal training sales, you know, bringing in new revenue, EFT, all that great stuff that you you know, not truly passionate about, but you are passionate about the people that you get to help. Um, but that was a short stint, and then that's when Orange Theory, like I said, was really starting to blow up. They were a couple years old, uh, just expanding into every market like crazy, and I had a good opportunity. Um, the, the vice president of LA Fitness was actually in the studio, or actually in the clubs all the time. I'm not sure if you remember him. His name was Frank as well. Um, so he was a great mentor to me, and his friend, Terry Blaycheck, owned uh, the whole Tampa area for the Orange Theory Fitness. So it was a good opportunity, a good shoe-in. I kind of used his name to get an interview down there. And the next 
six years with Orange Theory was uh, just a good, just a good ride. Came in as a manager, you know, we're in a totally different area here, but I always was like, I was just managing. And I was like, okay, this is not right. Because <laughs> you you're sitting here and then you have the glass. I don't know if you've ever been in one, and you no, can see the training, and you're like, that's supposed to be me. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and we kind of talked about it, we expressed it, and, you know, this is when, you know, of course, we were in Jacksonville, I was in Tampa at this time, and the strain of being away from home. I had an opportunity to become a coach with Orange Theory and take over a head coaching role, and from there, it was just perfect. This is where I need to be. That's where... Frank the Tank was born. It took off like wildfire because I, I could I could take a template and then I could make it my own. I could still deliver the product. And I was very, you know, not cocky. I'm very confident in what I can deliver because I love it so much. Um, and I feed off of what the members' response is. So if their response is through the roof, you know, my energy is going to be through the roof right with them. So if next five years I had to grow and grow and grow within the company. You know, every single benchmark I set out to hit for myself, I was able to accomplish it. I took over the uh, regional role in Orlando, so I was overseeing six studios. I got to travel to New York to train and develop coaches, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. You know, you got to see the country, get Colorado, like I said, a couple times out there as well. So it was just a huge like ride that was happening everything was good before you know what happened in 2020 oh so, gotcha okay <laughs> that was that was the downfall yeah um, oh. in a good you know a good or bad way depending on how you used it um you know it's unfortunate that we lost people but um you know i think we came out of this especially in my industry more prepared um, in a lot better way so, right i went out on a high note though like i said uh, i got to teach at the, the summit uh, down in Orlando, you know, we're at Disney World with 200 people in the class, and I was like, I don't know if there's anything else I can do to kind of top this, um, but you know what happened, and that's what kind of allowed me to kind of step back and see what the next steps were. And that was Rockbox. I was Rockbox. I was following them for about eight, nine months, you know, during my time at OTF. You know, when you're in the industry, I don't you know, try to nag on anyone else. I, I'm always curious of what's going on. Um, if someone's coming with a new concept, okay, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm, we're better than them. There's different fitnesses out there. You have to find what works best for you. And I like training different ways myself. So I have no problem going to try something. I like it. Oh, that worked. No, that, that wasn't too good. I'm, you know, not for me, but it may be for someone else. So I always love trying new concepts. And just when I was, you know, one-on-one -on -one training or in my class, I'm always going to try something new. You know, don't shy away from it. This is this is training. This is science. I want to see what else is out there. And they had a great concept that I was interested in. You know, I, I boxed briefly when I was younger during the high school and the transition phase right after. Um, it was great to keep my cardio up, great to be competitive even though I wasn't on the field. I was like, okay, I got boxing. You know, I kind of missed that. I'm not a big fan of the other you know, boxing, boutique gyms that are out there right now. And they also had kickboxing, but they also did the functional side as well. So, you know, free weights, sleds, battle ropes, medicine balls. You know, we yeah. have absolutely everything that you need to get the best workout you can. So 
I was just watching them and I had the opportunity to, you know, actually apply for a different position, no, <laughs> like a business coach. And I was like, man, I, can, I know numbers. I know I could do this. But the greatest thing about going through that process was the people there recognized what I was also passionate about and what I wanted to do. So the coolest thing about applying for that position, they flew me up, went through the final interview stage. I came back home and I was, I was still very excited to come aboard, but there was a phone call about a week later and they offered me to make a role, a different position because they knew I wouldn't be happy in the role that I had previously applied for. Put me back on the fitness side, put me in charge of the product, put me with the trainers, and I guarantee you we can have the best product in the nation. Nice. So are they, do they have plans to expand to Colorado anytime soon? Uh, yes. Uh, we have a huge discovery day tomorrow, and I believe there is an individual from that market. So we've, uh, we've been in a – last time I was in Denver was not even a month ago. I had to fly in, and I drove up to Cheyenne. Oh, okay. So Cheyenne just opened um, about a month and a half ago. That Cheyenne's not too far, but it's a little too far to go work out. So, you know, Broomfield would be good. Let's put one in Broomfield. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great market. I know the individuals that, that do, you know, operate that studio are looking to expand as well. So, you know, running all the way down that pipeline. Yeah. Denver's a great market. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic market. I mean, <laughs> people are so into fitness here. It's not even funny. I mean, it's... Well, you just do this and you're... <laughs> <laughs> you get used to it. You get used to it. Good for you. <laughs> I've been playing yeah, tennis. I started playing tennis, and I don't even readily run out of breath playing tennis. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was hitting the bag. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, you'll be good at yeah, tennis. You'll be good at the hook. Yeah. Got it. I think I I think I got a good hook already. Yeah. No, but the medicine balls and the the battle ropes and stuff. I, those are things uh, we didn't have the ropes. I don't think at the LA Fitness there they had him at the studio before it changed to la fitness that old one and then they closed that one and moved to orange park were you our trainer at the other one too because i remember doing the ropes and i loved it i loved the ropes i love the the medicine ball like i like that kind of stuff versus curls and you know whatever so i know you have y'all jumping over stuff stepping on yeah yeah exactly that's functional. That's how you take what's your training and then you apply it to real life. Yeah. We're not stationary. We're not hamsters as well. So you, know, you got to be active. You got to be functional. You got to be able to move. And, you know, what happens if you fall down? You can't bicep your curl, you know, your way up. Right. You do have to know how to use your body. So. Yeah. Well, those were the kind of works out, workouts I enjoyed. So if you did open one of those here, I would, I would, uh, I'd sign up. Just Come give on. me a good discount. <laughs> I, you don't need it. That, this podcast blows up. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> touche, touche. Gotcha. Well, I love your positivity. Always Mr. Positive over there. There you go. So that's kind of the, the story of, you know, the detailed steps you took to get where you are today. But really, what was the motivation behind it? Like, where, what, where does that come from for you? Like, where does that motivation come from? And where did it come from before versus now? Because I'm sure it's changed. It always changes. Um, and 
motivation, it, it comes and goes. You just can be as simple as, you know, you have new clothes, you want to go wear to the gym, you have new shoes, you want to go try to go run, all that good stuff. But you have to realize what you're motivated to do. And then after that motivation, you have to plan immediately. Um, once you plan out that next step, whether it's, you know, okay, I, I'm looking at getting to the gym. I, I got to start working out. I got to do this. What is the smallest step you can take to reach that biggest goal? So I'm motivated to start. Now, next thing I do is I got to set a plan. I'm waking up at six o'clock every day. If that doesn't work, if I need to get to the gym early, I'm going to start waking up at 5.50. Go small. Don't try to wake up at 5 a.m. That's going to kill the, it's going to kill your success and your progress right off the bat. All right. So set yourself, plan out something small, set it up, and then you start hitting those small little victories. So all throughout the week, if you were able to wake up that 10 minutes earlier, celebrate that, and you start to build confidence in yourself that you can commit to something bigger. All right. So you see yourself making the progress. All right. Hey, I'm getting into the gym. I've gone three days out of the four. Uh, the confidence level is up. I'm feeling good. I'm sleeping better. I'm, I'm seeing myself at the store. I'm making healthier choices. That's all stuff that's going to build your confidence along the way. Uh, now, next thing, you're motivated to take it even further because you've seen results and you've seen changes. So now I'm going to start waking up a little bit earlier. All right. Now, when I wake up, though, I got to make sure I drink 30 ounces of water. So I'm going to add something else to that plan to continuously stack towards my long-term goal. So after that, that's more small victories, and then we're coming back around again. I'm building confidence, but over time, you start to get very confident because you're learning things, you're building skills, all right? you're, you're building a routine, and then on top of that, the discipline starts to form. The biggest thing long-term is being disciplined to your plan. If you can't be disciplined to your plan, you can forget it because then you'll just continuously be riding the motivational wave that goes up and down throughout. And I love motivation. People say it's, it's dead, but it happens every day. It goes up and down every day. So it's there, but you just got to make sure that when you're motivated, know what the long-term goal is, make the little plans, celebrate your small victories, build your confidence, all right? You become confident in that, and then you've built discipline in your routine that you won't sway away from it. And that is the biggest thing that can help you out going forward. Uh, my motivation back then, it, it was different. Like I said, when I was young, I was like, I'm going to be the best personal trainer out there. And I wanted to get better to become the best. I wanted to say, I'm going to be the best for X, Y, Z. I want to continuously get better. I want to continuously try new things. I want to continuously, you know, learn new things for me that I can provide to my clients. You know, what extra service can I provide? When it came to group fitness, right? Well, you know, who, is, who, who does everybody look up to in this space? I'm going to try to do whatever they can. Uh, we're going virtual where we are too. We're, we're starting a virtual platform. So I'm like, I'm going to watch beach body videos. You know, I'm like, you know, hey, Sean T's the man. Like, I'll be on there sweating with him out. You know, I did that during uh, quarantine and, and COVID and all that. You know, I, I did those videos. So now in my virtual space, my virtual workout, I'm like, hey, I know what they did. And let me try to, you know, mirror that but i also want to be better than they are so that my motivation and my why's starting to change with every stage of life that i'm at now i just want to leave like a legacy in this space so to speak 
you know, when, when you think about group fitness with Orange Theory, you know, a lot of people, I go visit studios still here. My wife still coaches for Orange Theory. Like, Frank, will you teach us a class? Will you teach a class? Will you do this? Like, you know, so yeah, it, it's cool. You know, it, it's like, you know, they appreciate the what I gave to the company. And I still have a lot of friends in the company and they still call me for advice. And so for them to recognize what I give and how much I still love them and how much I'm still willing to help is just a great feeling. And I want to continue to do that with Rockbox. I did it with OTF and now I want to do it with Rockbox. And now I want to take this brand somewhere. And I want to be known for providing people with the best experience when they come into our studios. And I want that legacy to be something that my kids can be proud of to know. So whatever we're doing here, you know, this is building, you know, me and my wife and I, we will just want to continue to build off our success. If we can continue to build off our success and we show our kids what a strong family is, what strong values are, and we want to be able to pass that along to them. So ultimately at the end of the day, and I'll say this before I uh, finish it is I always wanted my parents to be proud of me, you know, through the up and downs I had as a young teen, um, through the success that I've had, through the more up and downs, and then back to the success, they finally got the words out to me, you know, we're proud of you. And it's the best feeling in the world. And that's, that's why I was like, I'm, you know, all right, I'm done. So at the end of the day, the end of the day <laughs> I, I want my kids to be proud of, you know, their father. So I think a lot of times then we got to look at and flipping it around. It's like, you know, not, you know, why I'm doing this, what's going to happen if I don't continue to do this? You know, then it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to go back to that. So, by myself, <laughs> what's going to happen if I don't continue to be disciplined, if I don't continue to work out? And, and that's what honestly scares me with everything going on in the world is what's going to happen if I'm not healthy and I'm not going to be around for my kids? And, you know, that, that's what scares me. So. I think about what's not going to get done. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be mad if I miss a couple of days. <laughs> so, you know, I had weight loss surgery recently. And so there's a lot of things that I am not supposed to eat or can't eat. Like I'm, I shouldn't be having sugar, but sometimes, you know, you get cravings. And one night I just got a really bad craving. And I remembered that my sister had left a, Reese's peanut butter cup in the house and I like broke down and got it out of the freezer because obviously that's where you keep peanut butter cups, right? And I ate, there were three of them. She bought a four pack and she'd only eaten one. I ate all three of them and then had a little talk with myself afterwards and said, okay, you've done it. You've, you've, you know, you've eaten the thing that you're not supposed to have now get back on the wagon and move on. You've satisfied the craving and, but it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, just get back on the horse tomorrow and do better. And, you know, so these things happen, right? Yeah. There's no need to, to starve yourself of what's out there. You know, I still, still tell clients to this day, you want to have that drink, have that drink, you know, it, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll have a drink on the weekends, uh, you know, but, I want to make sure that it doesn't alter my performance, you know, the next day, if there's something that I need to do, uh, you know, there's great studies on, on the wine and, you know, things like that, you know, when in moderation, you know, that, um, and, and your gut and, and, your, and, your, and your gut and your mind are so connected. 
that, you know, just talking about food and what you intake, you know, people have got to be more aware of listening to their body, you know, when they're eating something. Uh, if you're eating crap, yes, you are going to feel like crap. That's all there is to it. You eat good, you're going to feel good, your skin looks good, your brain functions better. Right? So people got to really start to be in tune with their gut and the brain a little bit more, and they won't want to go back to it. That's so true. I've totally found that in my own life, like having the surgery, um, you know, a big part of the goal of that was just to feel better. And, you know, I don't want to go back to, to what I was before. So anyways, um, so goal setting, I know you obviously are, must be a goal setter. So tell me, you know, what's your, what's your process for setting goals? How do you set and make sure you meet your goals? Make it reasonable, make it attainable. Um, But you should have some goals out there that uh, are 100% scary. Not not so unrealistic, but scary, you know, and and put a time frame on them. You know, we're just putting goals without time frames. And, you know, we've all probably heard this and said, you know, those are just dreams. You really got to set it. And gave yourself a time frame on it. You know, uh, I think one of my favorite ones all the time is, you know, I want to be a millionaire. All right. Well, that's not a goal. The goal is 5 million in 10 years. You know, that's a goal. So think of everything that you set in that instance. And it may not be money. You know, I know for me, it's, you know, five years, I need to have X, Y, Z, all right, before, all right, my daughters are 10 years old, because that starts to go into those years where I want to be around a lot more. So I know I have to get my ass in gear to make sure everything's set up professionally for myself and my wife to be around more, you know, during those years. So we got four years, that's one year down. And <laughs> it's like, it gets scarier for me to look at that time frame on that goal and be like, all right, am I one step closer or am I behind? And then what I got to do to make up that distance. So make it reasonable, but attainable. And you should have one or two out there that just absolutely scare you. Right. So, I have TikTok and I have these, um, this series that I did called Seven Steps to Setting Goals You Can Actually Achieve. Um, it's actually just to kind of advertise the okay, podcast, yeah. um, but it's available for download and I will add a link at the end so you guys will know where to find it. So if you want to download Seven Steps to yep. Setting Goals You Can Actually Achieve, you may do so. Anyways, um, yeah, so in, in that I really talk about kind of you know, setting baby goals. Like, so you've got your main goal, but then you've got the the little baby goals that you have to do to achieve that main goal. And, you know, even achieving those individual little steps Mm -hmm. to the main goal can help build confidence and, you know, help you realize that you can't actually achieve the goal, but you have to go back and reevaluate and make sure you're on track. Like you said. So yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you on the way you set your goals. And I mean, a lot of people do get caught up on the steps. But ultimately, there's no steps to success. I mean, there's there's no uh, step one is this, step two is this. It, there's a there's a whole lot of steps, <laughs> and you can't stop taking steps. But you better be taking them consistently. That's the biggest thing. You're always working hard, climbing steps consistently. And your goals will change over time. You know, when you reevaluate, you go back and say, okay, is this goal even valid anymore? Is this even something that is still relevant? in my life to, to want to still complete. And, you know, so evaluation is very important. Yep. 
No, I might have. Um, I'm, I'm sure there is a couple of them on the list that will change again, you know, just based upon need. They, um, you know, I know there's, there's some things on there that I want, <laughs> but, you know, the needs are obviously always the most important ones. And, and you, you know, so. Oh, doesn't have to be, oh, but I want to be a, a millionaire. Yep. And, and nobody, I don't, there's some people out there probably set out to do it, you know, and of course, 100%. Um, but like I said, when you love what you do and you can be great at that, the money comes because you can turn anything you do into a brand. I'm going to go around, hey, I'm Frank the Tank, you know, but in, in this little boutique space that I'm in, you know, people do recognize me from coast to coast. I'll get messages. I'll get job opportunities. I'll get offers. You know, oh, we know who you are, and I'm franchisees will offer me positions, you know, just based upon, you know, who I am and what I know. So doors open up, even though I wasn't looking for it, but because I love what I do and I'm passionate about it and I'll continue to be good at it, I'll continue to try to push the limits to be great at it. So therefore, those doors are always there. You know, if I need a little, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, because I do like to be connected to those people, obviously. The, the doors that open to those people are the people that I do ultimately want to be surrounded with. You know, how do they get to own 10, 20 franchises? You know, why are they successful in five other businesses? Uh, you know, those are the ultimately people that, you know, I want to learn from, and that's why I continue to perform the way I do. So it's great you know your passion and, and you know what you're passionate about, but what do you tell somebody who isn't really sure what their passion is? How would you help somebody to figure out what their passion is? What would you do for free? If no one paid you a dollar to do something that you love, what would it be? What did you Nobody's <laughs> paying me to do this podcast. <laughs> what the hell is the money? What the hell you know, and sometimes you got to look back at it. Um, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? You know, Elon Musk was fine playing with spaceships and, and stuff, you know. So the, it's what did you enjoy doing when you were younger that you didn't have to worry about responsibilities with? And what would you do for free? Um, and for me, training, yeah, I mean, I, hell, I've trained plenty of times for free. <laughs> so, um, it, it's not a problem for me because I would do it over and over and over again because I see the outcome in the people. That um, was a great answer. Thank you. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. That was a really great answer. Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> so then what is your ultimate goal? Where do you see yourself ultimately going from here? Ultimate goal today, I can't say much of it out loud. <laughs> I... It's because there, there's, uh, you know, probably another move involved that the wife may get mad at me about. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very clear, like I said, with the setup, within the four years, being back closer to my girls, I know where that move is going to take me. And that's why I want to say out loud to the wife. <laughs> but, is she within earshot? She, she's not in earshot, but, uh, you know, she tunes in and listens to this. You know, but there is uh, one more goal, you know, financial freedom is huge, um, but continue to do what we love as individuals. You know, she has a business as well, so that could continuously to be successful. 
expand to two more markets is what we're looking at. So that can happen by the end of next year is the goal of that because we work off contract basis and this contract has to end for us to move in. So, you know, those things are actually, when it comes to those goals, a little bit easier to set up and put timeframes on. Uh, so that, that's a plus. Uh, you know, outside of fitness, you know, I think I'll always be a part of fitness. It's just family. I, I always make sure that I'm got to be 1% better. You know, as cliche as that say, you know, sounds 0.1%, whatever it is. I just want to make sure that I'm continuously be better at something when it comes to being, you know, a husband, a father, um, because I've watched a lot of other people fail. And I mean, our marriage was not 100% perfect. I mean, she had postpartum depression, things like that. And you have to learn to adapt, you know, our, our love language, our communications, you know, everything that we have. So it's always a learning journey, but at the end of the day, it's always worth fighting for it. You know, uh, the strain of distance of me and the girls, you know, I know what I'm doing now and I know to understand when they're older and they're honestly, they're very smart. They understand it now. Um, so it's a lot of sacrifice, but I know it's worth it at the end of the day and ultimately what I'm shooting for. Yeah. You know, I, um, I always think that it is, it's a great thing to set examples for your children. I have some, you know, a friend who is divorced, lives with her parents, has a young child and, you know, was hesitant to get a job because she wanted to be able to still be there with her daughter to go to school and be the class mom and do all those things. But she also wants to move out on her own. And, you know, I would always try to encourage her and tell her, you know, you're going to be setting an example for her, you know, to be a hardworking, independent mother. She's going to appreciate seeing you, you know, go out and, and make a living and, and get the get things on your own and you, that's, you'll be setting an example. Yeah. yeah she yeah. feels a little bit guilty for not necessarily always being able to be there for her daughter, but I'm trying to explain to her that it's not just about that. It's, you know, you need to set that good example for her as well. So, you know, she's working now. She is lucky enough to have found a job where she can kind of set her own hours and still take the time off to be with her daughter. So good on her. Yep. But, you know, it was, it was tough for her to get there because she had that guilt. And, you know, I was like, no, feel guilty about not teaching her that lesson, you know, and not setting yep. that good example for her. Yep. Habits, habits can be passed down, unfortunately. Absolutely. Good and bad. Good and bad. Yep. Um, that's why I make it a thing, you know, even with, you know, with us during the summertime and things like that is you're going to watch us get up still early. You know, I'm not sleeping in. I'm still going to get up and get early. You, you get my stuff in and you're still going to get up. You're still going to see my wife go to work. Uh, when we had to fly down and check on studios in South Florida, you're going you're gonna to come with us. You're going to see, you know, what it looks like. We're working until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, driving around, checking in on studios. It's past her bedtime, but she's okay. It's a little vacation. A little vacation. We'll take her to the beach the next day. <laughs> but we set those examples because we want them to see that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I look at the little man. I'm like, hey, you, you better be better man than I am, you know? So I'll still beat your butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So, um, so that was your motivation, you know, kind of motivation overall, but, um, what would you tell somebody who's struggling with motivation and specifically motivation to get healthy? Um, like we just kind of briefly touched on, you know, sometimes your why may not be strong enough and you may not know that why, why you want to change, why you want to get healthy. If it's marrying yourself off something you see on social media, it's not real. You know, if you uh, oh, I see all these pictures and all this, it's not real life. You know, um, you can change because you want to out of pure passion and, and because you, you're craving something or and the bad part, it can be pain. You know, uh, the, the loss of a loved one, you know, the recent diagnosis you got from your doctor, you know, those are all painful changes that are going to spark you to be like, okay, I'm motivated now. I need to know what to do. Um, but if it, that's not the type of motivation, then, you know, where do you start is look at your lifestyle down the road. Is this something that's obtainable? Is this something that's benefiting you? Is this something that you want others to see you doing? Um, you know, what would your parents say? <laughs> do you have kids? You know, what would they say about you? You know, are they starting just kind of like we talked about again? Are, are they picking up bad habits for you? Are they eating the junk food? Are you not buying good things and then filling the house with joy. How's your attitude? How's your sleeping? So if all those things are going to continuously go to crap because you're not exercising and you're not going to start exercising to start making smart choices, that to me is more dangerous. You know, look at what's going to happen if I don't make this change versus I need to make the change. And then you'll really see that, you know, those musts, they have to turn or should, they'll turn into must. Like I must do this or this is going to be my life down the road. Frank, I thank you so much for being here today. Um, thank you for all of your um, insight and wisdom and motivation. You're welcome. Thank Great to see you. Great to see you too. Mm -hmm. Just really thankful for you to come and sorry it took an uh, hour. <laughs> an hour and a half. That's what I was planning on, you know, around that range. So that's great. Um, yeah, let me know when you can always do it again. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right. Appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Uh, you too. Always. Let me know if you ever need anything, okay? Yep. Thank you. All I right. will. I appreciate it.